Hi there, Lisa here. Before we start the show, I have a few disclaimers that I would like for you to keep in mind as you listen to each episode. First, this show will cover a variety of topics related to connection, mental health, work, and life. And some of these topics may be sensitive for you or for someone you know. I want to offer you permission to choose courage over comfort when it comes to consuming sensitive content, and also permission to respect your own limits when it comes to consuming this content, which may be sensitive for you. I also need to indicate that while I am a licensed therapist, I am not your therapist. This show is not intended to be direct professional advice, and you should not use this as a substitute for individualized professional help. Lastly, while I can assure you that any of the coachable or teachable content I share will have demonstrated effectiveness and or practices I use myself, I can also assure you that I am imperfect, and there are times when I do not act as skillfully as I would have liked. My goal is to act skillfully most of the time, and I very much want that for you too. Now, with that said, let's start the show. Hello and welcome to Wired to Connect, the startup mental health podcast that keeps you going every week with our easily digestible lessons, skills, and stories that you can put into practice immediately. I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Lisa Birnbaum. I'm also a social worker, a therapist, and the co-founder of Strength Squared, a therapy coaching and consulting practice for startup founders and their teams that I started with my wife and co-founder in 2021. The learnings we are sharing here come from a combination of the lived experiences of the startup founders and startup team members we've worked with over the years, from our own lived experiences, and from research-backed strategies too. And we are so excited to be able to share these insights here with all of you now. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how to skillfully receive feedback. In our last episode, episode three, we talked through learning how to give feedback effectively. In today's episode, the last in our feedback series, at least for now, we're going to talk through how to skillfully receive feedback. Keep in mind while listening that unlike in episode three, where we focused primarily on startup founders and those in specified leadership roles, today we're primarily focusing on those who may be future startup founders individual contributors or direct reports, and startup team members. This is not to say that startup founders and those in specified leadership roles won't find anything in today's episode applicable right now, and not at all to say that startup founders and those in specified leadership roles do not need feedback. Startup founders and those in specified leadership roles absolutely need feedback. This includes feedback from our team, from our customers, members, clients, patients, from our company partners, strategic alliances, board members, investors, etc. And I intend to discuss exactly this on a future episode of Wired to Connect. For right now, though, if you are a startup founder or are in a specified leadership role, by all means, listen in and you'll be ahead of the game when it comes to skillfully receiving feedback. So, is receiving feedback even something we can become more skilled in, though? Absolutely. Essentially, these two are communication skills rooted in mindfulness, emotion regulation, and dialectics. And like any set of skills, these can be learned, practiced, and improved upon. So much of this is interconnected. I'm going to break all of this down for you in today's episode. So let's get into it. Let's make some meaningful connections. 
Support for today's show comes from our very own Strength Squared. What if you really knew the type of startup founder you are or the type of future startup founder you are likely to become? Would it change your trajectory? Would you do anything differently? Well, now you can better answer these questions for yourself by taking the quiz we created specifically for startup founders and future startup founders. In 10 pinpoint questions, you'll identify your leadership strengths as well as your opportunities for growth. At the end, you'll see which type of startup founder you are or which type of future startup founder you are likely to become so that you can move forward with the clarity, courage, and confidence to ensure that your type is working for you rather than against you. Just head to strengthsquare.com slash quiz to take the first step toward being the best startup founder you can be. That's S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-S-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D.com forward slash quiz. And we can't wait to hear which type of startup founder you are. Okay, so how then can we ensure that we get good at receiving feedback? The TLDR or the short answer is by focusing on getting the most out of the feedback we're receiving so that it feels less scary going in and by practicing. Feedback coach, professor, author Shanita Williams and writer-editor Stacey Marie Ishmael highlight certain factors that are super helpful to consider when deciding how we'd like to incorporate or disregard the feedback we're receiving as well as effective practices for both staying present and focused in the moment and also for reducing the likelihood of feeling defensive or completely shutting down while receiving feedback. I'm going to use the acronym SIFT-OPEN to talk through these eight recommendations for getting the most out of the feedback we're receiving so that we can start practicing. Number one, S is for source. Consider the source of the feedback we're receiving. For example, is the person giving us this feedback somebody whose opinion matters to us, or is it somebody whom we don't have a lot of context about? An emotion regulation-based skill that I routinely utilize with my clients and personally is called checking the facts. Can we check the facts here on who is giving us this feedback? Not all feedback from all people needs to be weighted equally. Maybe this person's feedback doesn't actually need to be given such weight. Number two. I is for impact. Consider the impact of the feedback we're receiving. For example, what can we determine about the scale of this feedback? Is this about shifting our whole relationship to our work, or is this about changing our email signature? Number three, F is for frequency. Consider the frequency of the feedback we're receiving. For example, how often are we hearing this feedback? Is this something we're hearing for the first time, or are we hearing this every week? Number four, T is for trends. Consider any trends to the feedback we're receiving. Trends are about noticing where the feedback is coming from over a longer period of time. For example, is this something that is showing up just at work, or is this showing up at home, in our communities, or in other areas outside of work as well? Not always, but sometimes. Feedback about ineffective behaviors at work can be generalized to feedback about similar ineffective behaviors in non-work situations. So we ask, where else are we hearing this feedback? Number five, O is for observe. Observe how our experience receiving feedback and our feelings or emotions around it show up in our bodies and consider why. For example, 
What thoughts, feelings, or emotions, body sensations, and action urges do we notice, and what are they trying to tell us? How have our families or communities shaped our beliefs about the connection between our thoughts, feelings, or emotions, and our actions or behaviors? What are our go-to actions or behaviors? What brought this on, and what is the context surrounding what we are feeling or thinking? Number six, P is for probe. Probe by asking follow-up questions that can later clarify a path forward for us and use active listening skills by reflecting back what we've heard to ensure we're correctly understanding the feedback we're receiving. It is quite helpful to check in by repeating back and affirming what we've heard as the feedback is coming to ensure our questions are being answered effectively. Additionally, using active listening specifically actually gives our brains and our bodies a break to process so that we are able to hear the truth that might be within the feedback without getting defensive. This could sound something like, can I repeat back to you what I've heard to make sure I'm understanding correctly? Or, this is my understanding of what you've communicated so far. Is that accurate? Number seven, E is for express. Express how we are genuinely feeling in response to hearing this feedback and also express gratitude for the feedback we're receiving. If we can assume positive intent whenever receiving feedback, it becomes so much easier to truly believe that the person giving us this feedback genuinely cares about us and about our growth. Will there be a time when there isn't positive intent? Maybe, and we can weigh that possibility when we're considering the S or our source in this acronym. If we allow ourselves to question their intent during the actual feedback, though, it's only going to hinder our ability to actually take in the feedback. Instead, two dialectic-based skills that I routinely utilize with my clients and personally are called finding the kernels of truth and validating the valid. These skills allow us to acknowledge that while there may in fact be a lot, of, a lot to this feedback that feels unwarranted or exaggerated or not representative, they also encourage us to consider whether we may be missing something and whether there are any kernels of truth to be found within this feedback that could be valid. So, assuming positive intent, assuming we aim to find the kernels of truth, and assuming we can validate that which is valid, how do we then express both how we are genuinely feeling along with gratitude? This could sound something like, I'm feeling disappointed and honestly a bit surprised. That said, there were a couple of points you made that I did resonate with. I appreciate you letting me know the rest of these points and I can tell they are important to you. I also really appreciate you caring enough to give me this feedback and for taking this time with me. Number eight, N is for next steps. Decide on our next steps after receiving feedback. Even if we've skillfully used the first seven of these recommendations, it can often be helpful to take a bit of time to, and to have notes that we can review after receiving feedback in order to feel able to effectively process the feedback we've gotten, to check the facts on the feedback itself, or on our interpretation of the feedback, and before responding or determining next steps and figuring out a path forward. Personally, I have found it helpful to jot down some notes while receiving feedback but not be writing the whole time. I've also found it helpful to ask for the other person's notes. This could sound something like, thank you so much, I would love some time to think about this. Can we have a follow-up conversation and can you send me your notes on this? 
I'd love to be able to review them and to circle back to be able to talk through this again. While receiving feedback from our boss may never be our favorite moments of the day and may continue to feel uncomfortable, perhaps the next time we are receiving feedback, we remember that we can sift and stay open to stave off any panic. As I hope you've come to appreciate with each of these eight recommendations, so much of this is interconnected. I'll be back to recap all of these connections right after this. Support for today's show comes from our very own Strength Squared, a therapy, coaching, and consulting practice partnering with startup founders and startup teams. At Strength Squared, our goal is not to have to treat burnout after the fact, and instead to prevent burnout from happening in the first place. We do this by equipping startup founders and their teams with the necessary skills to build sustainable, mentally healthy work cultures of collective care, collective accountability, and intentional work-life integration. If you are a startup founder, a startup team member, or are someone who might be a future startup founder and are navigating a challenging topic that you would like addressed on our show, or if you have a question you would like answered on our show, please send an email to podcast at strengthsquared.com for a chance to have your topic addressed or to have your question answered on a future episode. Again, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H-S-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D dot com. And we'll keep our eyes out for your topics and for your questions. Let's go ahead and pull all these connections together. To recap, my eight recommendations using the acronym SIFT OPEN for getting the most out of the feedback we're receiving so that we can start practicing are number one, S, consider the source of the feedback we're receiving. Number two, I, consider the impact of the feedback we're receiving. Number three, F, consider the frequency of the feedback we're receiving. Number four, T, consider any trends to the feedback we're receiving. Number five, O, Observe how our experience receiving feedback and our feelings or emotions around it show up in our bodies and consider why. Number six, P. Probe by asking follow-up questions that can later clarify a path forward for us and use active listening skills by reflecting back what we've heard to ensure we're correctly understanding the feedback we're receiving. Number seven, E. Express how we are genuinely feeling in response to hearing this feedback and also express gratitude for the feedback we're receiving. And number eight, N, decide on our next steps after receiving feedback. Thank you so much for listening to Wired to Connect and I hope this was helpful. If you would like a chance to win our free startup coaching session, which retails for $500, keep your ears out in the very next section for the instructions. That wraps up today's episode. I hope you loved it. Don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And we are currently giving away our free startup coaching session. If you want to win a free coaching session, Just leave us a rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice, and you'll be entered in our weekly random draw. This type of startup coaching session retails for $500 and can be yours for free by rating and writing a review of our podcast. 
Then listen in next week to see if you won. It's that simple. Thanks so much in advance for supporting us on Apple Podcasts or on the podcast app of your choice. Before I go, I want to leave you with this. We humans have what's called a negativity bias, which conditions our brains to hyper-focus on the negatives while discounting the positives. When we receive feedback that is either negative or perceived negatively, this can trigger feelings of shame. This is especially true for those of us who have experienced any kind of microaggressions at work or out in the world, and for those of us who have experienced work-related traumas or have other trauma histories. This often activates limiting core beliefs from our learning history, our backstory, as well as urges to hide, ignore, or avoid getting future feedback. While I certainly hope that the person you're receiving feedback from has learned how to give feedback effectively, and you can absolutely share episode three with them, I do want to acknowledge that it's hard enough to receive feedback well when it's delivered effectively, and that it's extra hard when it's not delivered effectively. While receiving feedback, if you find yourself feeling flooded or completely shut down and are unable to bring yourself out of it, you do not need to stay in the feedback, and I would much rather you take care of yourself. You don't need to go into specific details, but be honest about feeling flooded or shut down and ask to come back to the conversation a bit later. Similarly, negative or negatively perceived feedback can also trigger feelings of guilt or anger and can feel quite personal, which often activate urges to defend or lash out. Mindfulness skills are so key here. If we can create some distance between us and our emotions, we can observe our urges to respond defensively or ineffectively, or what I call being in emotion mind, in order to pause and to ensure that we choose to act skillfully instead. I mentioned earlier that we can learn how to skillfully receive feedback by focusing on getting the most out of the feedback we're receiving so that it feels less scary going in, and also by practicing. When we practice receiving feedback through exposure, which is just therapists speak for gradually approaching hard things rather than avoiding them, we can learn to sit in the discomfort or with the uncomfortable emotions, we can learn to tolerate them, and we can learn to move through them. This builds mastery, which, as I mentioned in episode one, is an emotion regulation-based skill that helps build confidence and allows us to become someone who can skillfully receive feedback. One of the many reasons that receiving feedback is tricky is because unlike when we're giving feedback and we schedule it and we know what we're going to say, when we're receiving feedback, we can sometimes be taken off guard. If you'd like to genuinely become more skilled at receiving feedback, and would like to start practicing in a way that feels a bit more controlled or gradual, you can start by asking members of your team, what three words would you use to describe me? While this may not get at the really hard feedback, I have found it to be a fairly quick way of asking for 360 feedback that at the very least helps us know whether the insight we have about ourselves matches how we're coming across to others and the impact we're having on them. This is certainly a good place to start. And be sure to tune in to our next episode, episode five, where we will not be talking directly about feedback. Thank you to my incredibly talented cousin, Andrew Fisher, for writing and playing the original music for this show. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you to my amazing wife, partner, and co-founder, Marissa, for your belief in me and in this show, for everything you do for our family and for Strength Squared, for everything you are doing behind the scenes for Wired to Connect, and without whom none of this would be possible. 
Lastly, and perhaps most importantly, thank you so much to all of you who are listening for supporting us by choosing to spend your time with us, for connecting with us, and for keeping an open mind and an open heart. I'll look forward to connecting with you in next week's episode. And until then, take good care. And remember, we are all wired to connect.